Good morning, everyone. Well, summer has arrived with a bang, hasn't it? Raining and miserable last weekend and beautiful today. And uh, I could tell it was summer because you all arrived late. Everyone's enjoying the sunshine. Uh, but anyway, as we are gathered here this morning, and you kind of heard some of the allusion to it in Jennifer's prayer a moment ago, I want to begin this summer series, and I want to begin the summertime by inviting you. I'm pretty confident that in a congregation like this, if we got to chat one-on-one, -on -one, I'm quite confident that each one of you would at some level be able to share with me some concern you have. Uh, there's something weighing on your heart and on your mind. Y you might have a personal health concern. Uh, going through a congregation like this, there are always those wrestling with cancer diagnoses. There are others who are stressing over mortgage payments or rent payments. Uh, many of us are kind of both frustrated and concerned with the continuing rise in every single price. It doesn't matter whether it's gas or food or whatever the case might be. It just feels like we're, we're you know, having to pay more and more. And so I'm sure that each one of us would have some level of, of stress, concern, some issue. Perhaps some of us, uh, we don't have a stress or a concern necessarily for ourselves, but there's still some heartache and there's still some tension over something that a friend is going through. Maybe a family member, uh, maybe a neighbor, maybe a colleague uh, also walking through that valley of the shadow of death. And so we come into church, even on a beautiful day like today, and yes, we sing these uplifting hymns and songs, but our hearts are still weighing heavy. And so this morning, I want to invite you to lay those concerns down. I want to invite you to bring those concerns to our Heavenly Father who invites us into His presence and who invites us to lay our concerns and those things that gnaw at us and to hand them to Him. And as we go over these next few weeks, I, I want us to kind of have in mind this incredible invitation that God gives to us. You know, one of my favorite images in the Bible, I mean, there, there are a lot of passages that I love, there are a lot of images I love, but one of my absolute favorite images from Scripture is found in Genesis chapter 3. Now, I know some of you might be going, Genesis chapter 3, wait a minute, isn't that when Adam and Eve rebel? Isn't that the fall of mankind? How on earth can your favorite image be in the middle of the passage of Scripture that includes the, the devil personified, as it were, uh, kind of misleading everyone and everyone doing the wrong thing and rebelling? What on earth are you thinking, Brian? Well, right in the middle of Genesis chapter 3 is this little verse that we often read over way too quickly because we're, we're sidetracked by what's taking place. We're sidetracked by the drama. But in Genesis chapter 3 in verse 8, we read, The Lord God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Tell you what, with the heat that we're having at the moment, 
most of us love that image of the cool of the day. But before the fall, before that rebellion, before Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, there is this image of God walking with humanity. God walking with His creation, simply walking alongside us. And it's that invitation for us to walk alongside God. And I could think of nothing better than walking with God, talking about the answer to life, the universe, and everything else. And one of, my, one of my wife's favorite things to do is to go walk in the forest. I will admit I'm not a huge fan, but she loves that. And I'm always amazed. In fact, I'm pleasantly surprised how when I do go for a walk through the forest with my wife, how refreshing it feels. Yeah, we can walk along talking about serious things or we can joke about lighthearted things, but it always just feels so relieving to walk through the, the forest between the trees surrounded by beauty and nature. And so in that image, I sort of realized that maybe there's something to this. Maybe we're actually created for that. We're created to simply walk alongside the one we love and to simply talk about life and whatever else. We're made for relationship. We're made for connection. Is it any wonder then that we lose that in the busyness of our lives and in the busyness of our world? We've lost the ability to simply have a conversation, to simply chat. Remember those days when people used to have like chairs and benches and seats out front their house? like on the front porch or out in the front and, and neighbors would walk past and, and talk with one another. And now we drive into our garage with an automatic door and it closes behind us and we don't talk to anyone. Yeah, I remember as a child growing up and, and now it's, it, it's a horrifying thought, but I remember as a child, occasionally on a Sunday afternoon, the whole family would be bundled into the car and my parents would just drive and we might, if, if, if we were behaved, we might pick up a cake and then we'd just arrive at someone's house. No announcement, no pre-planning. It wasn't in the diary. We just arrived. And we used to look forward to those kind of things. Now, for most of us, that sounds like a nightmare. I don't want people just arriving at my house. We need a plan three weeks in advance. We've lost the ability to simply connect. And perhaps worst of all, we've lost the ability to simply connect and talk with God. But here's the good news. God still longs to speak with us. God still invites you and I into this conversation. God still invites us to speak with Him. And as you heard in that prayer, that's where we're going over the next couple of weeks, over the next 10 weeks for summer. We're going to have a look at this invitation from God to simply come, to bring those concerns, to bring those worries, to bring those things that stress us, and to hear God simply say, I see, I hear, I know. Let's talk. And I love that invitation of let's talk. God doesn't come to us and go, we have to talk. You ever had that experience? When a loved one, a partner says, we have to talk. You know you have to talk, but you don't want to talk. Because you know that talk's going to be painful. Yes, sure, it's necessary, but you're not going to enjoy that talk. 
And God doesn't do that. God doesn't say we have to talk. God simply says, let's talk. Let's just walk together and talk together. And so over the next 10 weeks, as we look at this topic and we look at the various facets of simply talking with Jesus, I can think of no better illustration and no better example than the prayers of Jesus as Son speaks to Father. And we find example and we find illustration and we find guidance of how to just talk as we look at the way Jesus spoke with his Father. You know, when we read through the Gospels, we cannot get away from the fact that Jesus prayed and Jesus prayed often. In Matthew chapter 14, after Jesus had sent the crowds away, in verse 23, we read, He went up onto the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. In Luke 5, verse 16, we read, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. When we read through the Gospels, we see that Jesus prayed. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, If any man or woman born might have lived without prayer... It was surely the Lord Jesus Christ. And that makes sense. I mean, Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, part of our triune Godhead, connected to the Father by the Holy Spirit. If anyone didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. Yet Jesus prayed all the time. And so Jesus teaches us what does it mean and what does it look like to simply talk with God. And so today, as we begin, as we kind of enter into this journey of let's talk with God, uh, the best place I can think of as we start is to look at Christ's example of calling our God Father. And more importantly, calling God Abba, Father. You know, the first recorded words of Jesus, we read them in Luke chapter 2. It's when Jesus is kind of lost and he stayed behind at the temple and his family are traveling off and they realize Jesus isn't with them. So mom and dad rush back to go and find Jesus. And eventually after searching for three days, they find him in the temple and he's sitting with the teachers and he's discussing and debating as a boy. And, and they kind of stress out and talk to him and Jesus says, well, didn't you know I, I needed to be about my father's business? Jesus' first recorded words are about his father. Jesus' final words recorded for us are on the cross as he cries out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So therefore, any study on the prayers of Jesus, any study on the way Jesus prayed and came to his Father has to take into account this image of Father, Abba, Father. Now, maybe you and I kind of lose sight of that image because we're just so used to it. We know Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. And so we kind of go, there's no big deal to that. But in Jesus' day, in Jesus' time, that was a completely revolutionary thing. It was a foreign concept. No one dared call God, call God Father. 
In fact, most Jews, respecting and, and good Jews, typically refer to God as Yahweh, or my Lord, or my God, or God of my Father. And yet Jesus speaks about God as Father. In fact, in Matthew 11, Jesus prays out loud for the, con- the crowd around him to hear, and he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. But of course, that shouldn't surprise us. I mean, children grow up doing this. It, w- w- the first word we hope to hear from our child is either mama or dada. And whichever it one it is, that parent suddenly becomes the happiest parent on the planet. Did you hear that first word? Was it mama? Was it dada? And children do. They learn to call mommy, daddy. And maybe as they get older, it becomes mom or dad or ma or something like that. But children know. They, they call out, mom, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm scared. Mom, I need help. As they get hold of dad or mom, can I borrow the car? And I can neither deny nor confirm that in my house, at some point, one of the children have called out, Mom! 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 Dad! Yep. Where's Mom? (laughs) Children call to their parents. So does does it surprise us? That Jesus called to his father, and expressly that Jesus would call his father, Abba, Father. We read that in Mark chapter 14, while Jesus prays in the garden of Gethsemane, just before his arrest and his torture and his crucifixion. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, we read, Abba, Father. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will. Abba, Father. It's not a term we use very often, but Abba was the Aramaic term uh, that spoke of a father-child relationship. In fact, before Christ's time, that Aramaic word was in common use. Children would learn to either call their father Abba or their mother Emma. And during Christ's life, it wasn't only small children who would call Father Abba. Even adult children would call their father Abba. Yet to address God as Abba would have been deemed the utmost disrespect to God. In fact, that's why we read in John chapter 5, verse 18, the crowds call Jesus a blasphemer, and they want to stone him. You and I, had we been there, would have done exactly the same. God was far too reverent. And no one dare approach God so flippantly. And in John 5, verse 18, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, But he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This word, Abba, framed by the lips of infants, it's joined with the word father. Abba speaks of unreasoning trust. Father speaks of that apprehension of the relationship, and Jesus brings them together, showing that trust of a child in Father. 
I was surprised to discover as I was reading up about this word Abba that under the actual law, it was illegal for a slave to refer to their master as Abba. The only person who could refer to someone as Abba was a child of that parent. Interestingly enough, and and maybe for a further study a, a different day, Abba is not simply daddy. Many of us have heard people say, Abba just means daddy. Now, yes, there is a facet of an element of truth to that. But I got to tell you, it really does, you know, kind of get under my skin. It's one of those things when I go to one of those worship conferences and, and some dude gets up there with skinny jeans and his guitar and starts praying, Daddy God. And I, I get it. And I know I shouldn't judge him. And I have to pray about that myself. But when we read Abba, there's so much more than just daddy. Abba also speaks about this obedience to a father. In fact, if we had time, we could have a look at all of the references of Abba in the scriptures. Aren't simply daddy, there is an element of obedience in that passage. And the one who cries Abba Father is the one who understands that relationship but it is one who is obedient to their father. But yet, this is how Jesus teaches us to pray. Jesus invites us to call our heavenly father, Abba. In fact, Paul echoes this invitation as he teaches us. The apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, the spirit you received doesn't make you slaves. Otherwise, you would live in fear again. Instead, the Holy Spirit you received made you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we call God Abba. And even there, there's that image. You once were slaves, slaves to sin, slaves to self. You you could not dare call God Father. But now, by the Spirit, you are adopted into the family of God. You are children of God. And just like a child, you get to call God, Abba, Father. Paul continues that thought in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. He is the Holy Spirit, and by his power, we call God, Abba, Father. So how do we respond to that invitation? Well, let me ask again the question I asked At the beginning, what concerns are weighing you down at the moment? What fears, what doubts, what challenges, what trials? What is it that right now you're thinking about and you're wondering, will I ever see a positive outcome in this? Will I ever see good come out of this? Will I ever see this challenge removed from me? I don't know the answer to that question. But I know that Jesus says, Call out to God as Abba, Father. Bring that concern to Him. Because if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we are children of God. And we, dare I say, we we don't simply have permission, we have an invitation to call God Father. We don't need to walk aimlessly, wondering or or feeling lost. We don't need to walk alone. 
Our Heavenly Father longs to walk beside us and He he invites us into deep and meaningful conversation and He simply says, let's talk. And we begin that talk by crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Our salvation for those of us who accept and acknowledge Jesus Christ as both Lord and Savior, our salvation has many benefits to it without a doubt. Yes, one of those benefits is the Holy Spirit within us. And as Paul said, that Holy Spirit helps us cry, Abba, Father. It's this privilege to address God by faith in union with Christ and by the power of the Spirit. And that will never end. I cannot wait for that day. Not that I'm in a rush to die. That's not what I'm saying. But I cannot wait for that day. When I will know fully, even as I am fully known, and I will stand before my God for eternity. And I think sometimes some of us have this image that, you know, heaven is just going to be us on clouds playing harps, which is absolute garbage. Or maybe some of us think it's really just going to be this great big church service and God's going to be on the throne and we're just going to sing. And maybe there's an element of that. I I don't know. But I do know this. I'm going to see my heavenly Father, and I'm going to be able to cry out, Abba, Father. And I'm going to be welcomed into His presence. My friends, your Abba, Father, this morning simply says, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's pray together. Oh God, Abba, Father. You are our Father. And we get to address you as such, like a child who cries out, Daddy, Abba. We have this personal, this intimate connection, this intimate relationship with you, bought for us by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And now made real and true by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. We are adopted into the family of God. We are not aliens. We are not strangers. We are not foreigners outside of you. We are in the family. And because we are your children, we get to call you Abba, Father. God, I pray for each one of us here this morning, those in person, those online, those who might hear or see this message at some other point. God, I pray that we would hear that invitation from you. Let's talk. You long to just walk with us in the cool of the day to talk about what's on our hearts and minds, the stresses, the concerns. Perhaps the feeling of separation from you. Maybe we feel like we've done something, we've sinned, we've rebelled, and we feel like we cannot come back to you. God, I pray that by your Spirit you would remind us that we are invited. And we begin that by crying, Abba, Father. Oh, Spirit, help us to do just that this week that we would begin with Abba Father. For we pray this through the power of the Spirit and in your name, Jesus Christ. Together we say, Amen. Amen.